0: Before we get into today's podcast, I just want to remind everybody that I have gift certificates. I have gift certificates for meditative archery. I have gift certificates for mindful archery family friendly archery. You could get a gift certificate for one mindful archery lesson or many mindful archery lessons. I posted something in my Instagram, but it's pretty straightforward. I also have gift certificates for spiritual direction, rage walking in the woods. Pretty much anything I do, you could get a gift certificate. Everything I do, you could get a gift certificate for. I'm having trouble speaking today, so I'm having to say things very slow. The reason why I want to share this with you is obviously it's my business and it's empowering. It's hard to explain to you if you haven't done an archery session with me or spiritual direction or rage walking in the woods or anything that I offer. But the things that I offer are life changing. And you can go through my Airbnb site and see the reviews I have. You can talk to somebody that's done it. But it is empowering and it is life-changing. And for that, that's the main reason why I'm sharing it with you is I want it to get into more and more hands. So if you've been wrestling with what gift to give, consider giving the gift of empowerment through an experience of archery or spiritual direction or something like that. I think experiences, not just what I offer, but get out there and look and see what other people offer. Getting in our bodies, getting to experience something that maybe we've never experienced before, horseback riding or falconry, you can pretty much do anything these days. You could give somebody an opportunity to do something they've only ever dreamed of. Or you can give them a way to redeem something that maybe wasn't a great experience. Like I've had people come and do archery with me that had had a really bad experience with a teacher. Or just felt stupid or shitty and wanted to have it redeemed for them. And I got to participate in that. So it's something to consider. Everything is listed on my website. You can also follow me on Instagram at Angie Fatal Soul Care, and it's all there. You can also sign up to get on my newsletter and it's all there too. But consider giving the gift of empowerment this holiday season. Now, before we start, grab a candle and meet me back here. Don't forget the matches. Or you can have incense, anything. We're going to do something with that candle. Okay, here we go. Another episode of Soul Care with me, Angie Fatal. My pronouns are she, they, and I am on the unceded land of the Multnomah, Kalitz, Wasco, Cathlamet, Bands of Chinook, Clackamas, Tualatin, Malala, Kalapuya, and many other tribes who made their home where I make my home. Last week we did, we need to feel it in order to exercise it. I've been very intentional this year. I'm always intentional around this time because like I've said to you all, this is as much for me as it is for you. And I am also practicing the things that I'm talking about with you. So we started with making a mantra. And then from that mantra, we went to trying to figure out what we've said yes to and resented or regretted and then how to own our nose. And last week, we talked about adding slowness in a season that is vying for our attention, our time, our emotional strength and stability. Just so many things. How can we slow down when everything around us is speeding up? I paused so that maybe you could think about that in the container you've been building because I know I'm coming in to today busy. And today's been good. I met with a client this morning. We walked around the park in the freezing cold and had a really good conversation. I came home. I've been making a a decoction, and I just loved it so much that I decided to pretty much triple the batch, and that's on the stove, and my house smells amazing. It smells like dug fir and fruit, and it's hard to explain, and spices. And then I got excited, and I decided to make some seasonal gin, which is something I, have done on a regular basis and haven't done probably in about six months and it just felt good to be in my kitchen making stuff that is centered around how I want to give to myself and others this time. It's kind of a way of slowing down but I also came with having done some work and feeling the pressures of that work and not really sure if I made the right choices and the things that I said or the things that I was working on. And then I had to walk my dogs. And so I'm coming to you. I wouldn't say frenzied, but there's a little bit of pressure. So wherever you are at, whatever you're coming with today, What I would like for you to do is to take that candle and light it. And I'm gonna do the same. Okay, I have my candle ready. It is a cedar balsam and I've got my match and I'm gonna light it. Hopefully you were able to go get a candle, some incense, Something that centers you and brings you into the moment that you're in, maybe kind of, again, creates that container that we've been trying to make and build. So before we really get into it, I want you to take that candle or that incense. Hopefully you're in a place where you can do this. If not, just join with us as we do it. And if you can, One of the things we did on Sunday on the Kathy Escobar's When Christmas is Blue is we all lit a candle and on Zoom, we held up those candles with each other. A candle is a symbol of so many things, but warmth, light in the darkness, it creates mood, it smells good, even if it's not a scented candle. I think it reminds us or can be a reminder that we're not alone. And so wherever you are as a symbol or a gesture of that not aloneness, if you could hold up your candle. So I'm sitting in my dining room, nobody's here. I'm holding up my candle and I'm Symbolically and metaphysically or magically saying, I'm not alone. We're not alone. In this time when it's a season of darkness, everything is getting darker, there's pressures, there's there's good, there's bad, there's ugly, there's joyful, it's all of it. The candle can be a symbol that we're not alone. And I'm going to have this candle burning while we talk. I would love it if you actually did this, if you could photograph either yourself with the candle or just the candle and post it onto my Instagram or my Facebook. I want to know that I'm not the only one just sitting in my dining room doing this by myself. That. We are building something together, and it's not just our own individual containers that will help us get through this particular season, but it's a container that will help us be more of who we are in every season. Not just when the pressure's on, but when the pressure is off, or when no eyes are on you, or when nobody has expectations of you. That the container that we've been building, that you've been building, can withstand. And that's what I want. I want it for myself and I want it for you. And the candle is just a symbol of us doing that together. So I'd love to see it if you did it. Because it makes me feel less alone. Now back to the container building. We have done so many things while we've been building this container, we have made that mantra. I have used the mantra that I made y'all so many times. Todd and I went to get our Christmas tree and last year I got a noble, nobly, nobly. Normally I'm a Doug fir or grand person because I feel like they smell better, but I'm also very picky about, I don't want my tree sculpted. So last year I got a noble. This year I went back to the same place and it was me and Todd. So there, you know, there's a little bit of sadness. Our kids aren't with us, but we tried to, you know, make it a little bit magical. And we went to the farm I went to with Brennan last year, Todd had COVID and there were no nobles and the only trees that they had were sculpted to within an inch of those trees lives. And What I mean by sculpted is they take some kind of chainsaw and make it so no branches stick out farther than any of the other branches, which makes it really difficult to stick an ornament on (laughs) that hangs. I just don't like it. I don't like when humans mess with stuff too much. I'd rather have a really awkward quirky tree than a tree that's been sculpted like that. So we were going back and forth and I was trying to make the best of it, but we could have gone somewhere else. So we were just talking about it. And then finally I was like, you know what? Let's just look a little bit more. And if I don't find something, then we'll go somewhere else. But I I think I want to just get one here. And we did, and we had a good time. And one of the things I did to to myself is I said my mantra a few times. And this is a very mild situation. I mean, it's a Christmas tree. The only pressure is on Todd and I and neither of us felt pressured. But under my breath or in in myself, I said, I want magic with a touch of realism. I want magic with a touch of realism. And the touch is really important because I want things to be magical and I think I've explained this on here before, but I can tend to lean so far into magic, which is not a problem, except that then sometimes for me that becomes a slippery slope to magical thinking, which is if I do this, then this is gonna happen, or if I make this perfect environment of coziness, then there won't be any arguments, or you know, everybody will be relaxed and enjoying themselves and peace will reign. <laughs> So that's what I've been working on. And and doing that with y'all really helped because I've been aware of it. It hasn't been like ongoing. But there was another point where I had to go to a grocery store and get some things for my kids. We decided this year to do an advent that was more practical things that they would need. So things that now that they're living on their own, make it really difficult to, it's extra money for them. You know, like I could, I could have gotten them a box of ramen or candles or can't, you know, I mixed it up like a toothbrush and candy and deodorant and whatever. And, and I had prepared myself because I really do not like shopping. It, it It's not a good place for me. So I try to limit shopping. I don't, I don't like it. It hits some childhood wounds for me around money and feeling like we didn't have enough as a family, and I was some somehow supposed to save my family from this lack of money. And I was only like three, four, five, six. And I know that's not real, but a lot of my adult life has compounded that thing that I've told myself, or I didn't tell myself it, but. I came to believe through my family of origin and I'm aware of it. And in, I was going to say sometimes a lot of the times I'm aware of it and can comfort myself, soothe myself, mitigate the pressure that I feel by communicating with other people and, and, Most of the time I can navigate it pretty easily. And I had even prepared myself to go into this store. I had my headphones, I had Christmas music or a podcast lined up to just be in myself, in my zone and have a good time. And then panic about money happened. The prices have gone up. I'm sure I'm not the only one that has noticed this. We are doing okay financially for the first time. But that old stuff around money and not having money around Christmas and trying to figure it out what I was going to do for our kids and how I was going to make it magical with no money is still in there. So the, the anxiety and stress was building and building and building. And... I caught myself. I didn't really know what to do. I can remember exactly where I was standing in the store and I kind of froze. And then because of the work we've been doing on this podcast together and some work I've been doing on my own, I was able to stop myself, take some breaths, and then say to myself, If you've made a mistake, if you've spent money that you shouldn't have spent, or that you can't afford to spend, or somehow it's wrong, whatever that means, it's okay. You can return it. You can return everything. And it was kind of like exposure therapy. I didn't realize it at the time, but thanks to my therapist, I realized it afterwards. And I took some breaths, took some more breaths, and said that a few times to myself, that I can take any of this stuff back. I say the receipt, I have the receipt. There's no harm. I will not be doing any harm to anyone. And then I started shopping again and it was a little bit better. And then I got into the line to check out and There was a huge line because that's what we're doing these days. (laughs) And I just kind of stayed in my own self and tried to continue to just be in that container that we've been building. And when I got up to the register, the person rung, rung me up and then I was getting ready to leave and she handed me a $5 gift card. And she was like, you're the random gift card person. So I was like, oh, I said, I've been having a crap day. This, this makes me feel good. Thank you. Then I was sitting in my car and I was like, okay, I really want to go home. But I have one more thing I need to do. I don't have to get it done today. But do I want to do this all over again another day? So I sat with myself a little bit and I was like, okay, let's see. Let's see if we can do this. So that's the kind of exposure therapy. And I breathed and I reminded myself that anything that I got, I could take back. I don't have to worry about it. And I went to the store and I did what I needed to do. And I was friendly with the people around me. And then I came home and then I had met with a client. And the reason I'm getting into this is I, I think it would be helpful maybe for you to hear I was doing all the things that I could do to take care of myself in the the moment. I had prepared myself for something I didn't like to do. I was going to try to make it the best case scenario I could make it. And it still didn't turn out all that great because stuff came up for me. Because that's what it's like to be a human in the world, is we can prepare and prepare and prepare. And that is important. And that's what we're doing. And stuff may still come up. And it did for me. And so when Todd came home, he asked me how my day was and I was like, well, it was pretty shitty. And so I told him what had happened and he said, where do you think this comes from? Do you think this is like our marriage together or your growing up? And we've talked about this before. And I said, oh, it's deeply rooted in how I grew up and what I must have overheard my parents talking about. Because I remember from a very early age being afraid that we didn't have enough money. My dad was a telephone man, his blue collar. Not not super high wages, but you know, it wasn't easy, but it wasn't like we weren't hurting. There's a lot of things that compounded that message that I have, that compounded it as I grew up and then My choice to live overseas and fundraise to do that meant that that compounded it. And then the choices that Todd and I have made in our marriage to do the things that we felt like we were supposed to do, to have an all-ages music venue, to pastor a struggling and poor community, all of those contributed to it. And so, what I want us to be thinking about is the container is important. And maybe the container is important for a lot of different reasons. But I think what I noticed in that experience in the store is the container is important also because I'm paying attention, I noticed. Because I'm paying attention, I noticed. And what I mean by that is because I've been paying attention to my mantra and to my propensity to get caught up in magical thinking or um, be swept away by stress and anxiety. And then what I want to be and what I want to do, and again, what I've said yes to and what I want to say no to and yes to in this time, and how I want to slow down, because I've been talking about that with you all, and I've been thinking about it on my own, I saw the stress and anxiety, and I could stop myself. And I can't always stop myself, but this time I was able to stop myself, and I was prepared to put down everything that I had in my basket and just get in the car and go home, and something was different. I was able to not just push through, because I've done that many times, I've just been like, well, screw it. I've already done all this work. I'm just going to get the rest of it, be miserable, and go home. This time, I stopped myself in a different way, and I breathed, and I put that thing that I was afraid of, the money, the fear, in front of my face, and I looked at it, and in that moment, I made a tentative peace with it. And it was powerful. It wasn't powerful in the sense that I, f- I came home and I was like, oh, I feel amazing. I had to spend quite a bit of time like preparing myself to meet with a client so I didn't bring that stuff in. I don't want any of the people that I meet with to ever have to feel the stress. I don't want to bring that in. I want to bring calm and peace, and so I have to work to get to that place before I meet with somebody. But when Todd and I were talking and he asked me about the childhood stuff, something hit me and I just started sobbing. And I think I'm sobbing for so many things. I'm sobbing for fear that I don't need to be afraid of something anymore. Because being afraid of it doesn't take its sting away, doesn't take its doesn't take the pain of it away, doesn't take the fear away it's like it's still palpable and I'm weeping for the girl that the child i I mean I can remember a time where I was sitting in the back of our station wagon, and some of you will remember a time before seatbelts. And uh, we were on a family drive and my dad was like, let's get ice cream. And I can remember either saying no, or I, or I said something like, I, I don't think I want any dad. I don't think we can afford it. And I was probably like four or five. And I already felt worried about that. And I don't want that for myself. I can't go back and change the thing that happened to the child but I can comfort that child part of myself that had to be afraid of money when maybe what should have been happening was my parents reassuring me that we were okay and I didn't need to worry even if we weren't okay. No child needs to carry that burden of fear. And I think probably because I had some undealt with stuff. My children now have fear of money that I tried to shield them from, but because it was like a shadow for me, I couldn't really shield them from it because I hadn't fully dealt with it because I was dealing with more life-threatening things. The container is important. The container is like a muscle. So think about when you... I don't, not even working out, but when you start walking or you start running or you start doing something that uses a different muscle than maybe you're used to using. It's like when I take people to do archery and maybe they're super fit and they work out all the time, but they've never used the muscles of their back, their shoulder blades. And so using that muscle and just the the parts of your body that you use in archery, you you don't normally use for other things. So people get fatigued really easily. And then they're a little bit sore the next day. And they're surprised because it's they're not lifting a ton of weight. They're not pulling back very much weight. But it doesn't matter because they're using muscles that they're not used to using. If they go and shoot three or four times over the course of maybe a couple of weeks they will be shocked that they won't even notice because they're building that muscle. And that's what we're doing. We're building the muscle of this container to not only hold our boundaries and do the things that we need to do and slow down, but contain ourselves. And I don't mean contained like in a, don't rock the boat or, you know, be exactly who other people want you to be and don't fly off the handle or get excited or whatever. That's not the contained I mean. I'm talking about a contained that holds you and the sacredness of who you are. Like this candle. This candle could just be in every ord... I could speak, y'all. This candle is just a ordinary candle. But it becomes something sacred when I decide it's sacred. It becomes something sacred when I decide it's sacred. This container that we're building is sacred because we're deciding it's sacred. The we, the us inside of that container is sacred and it is worth protecting, preserving, and caring for. And again, that doesn't mean we won't have to do things we don't wanna do, but we also can make different choices for ourselves than maybe we would have before. We, We can withstand saying no to somebody for the safety or the sanctity or the serenity of ourselves and our families. We can handle the disappointment of others because we're building this container and nobody likes to disappoint another person. I mean, maybe narcissists don't mind, but most of us do not like to disappoint people. And sometimes we we will disappoint people because that's just part of being a human in the world. You will disappoint people by making choices that work better for you. And so this container that we're building hopefully will give us a little bit better structure to be willing to disappoint for the sake of our emotional safety. This container hopefully will give us the ability to say no for our safety. This container that we're building will hopefully give us the ability to be more hopeful and grateful and embrace the magic that we need to embrace and combat the cynic that maybe we get sucked into because we're going to be a realist or whatever. The container that we're building is a container that can hold it all because it's us. And maybe we've been taught that we can't hold what we need to hold or what we should be able to hold, that we're not enough, that we're not strong enough, that we're weak, that we're emotionally um, sensitive or vulnerable. We can hold space for ourselves that keeps us safe. We can hold space for ourselves that keeps us safe. It's worth building. It's worth taking the time, like the moments we talked about, to take a hot bubble bath or shut off all the lights in your house and light that candle again and remind yourself what your mantra is. You know, for me, it's the, I will embrace the magic with a touch of realism. I will embrace the magic with a touch of realism. And it is also, I am enough. I am enough. I am enough. And it is also, remember who you are. Remember who you are. Remember who you are. And it is also, I am worth knowing. I am worth loving. I am worth being in this world. So as I light this candle and I hold it up before me, like I'm doing right now, and you hold up your candle in our tiny little corners, our tiny little pockets of the world, We're together just for this moment, even if our moments are not in the same moment. We are together in this desire to give ourselves what we need. And we are the only ones that can really give ourselves what we need. We are really the only ones that can give ourselves what we need. Other people help. Therapy helps. Spiritual direction helps. Empowering experiences that get us into our bodies help. Taking care of our felt needs helps. All the things help. But ultimately, we are the only ones that can give it to ourselves. So be gentle with yourself in this time that's rushed and hectic Find ways to say yes to yourself. Find ways to embrace wonder and magic and joy and laughter, even if it's in snippets. That's what I'm going to do. I love you. Remember who you are. You are worth knowing. You are worth loving. You are worth being in this world. Take care, everybody.